Drilling fluids touch just about everything in the drilling process. We're here to deconstruct the drilling process and drilling fluid concepts to provide a deeper understanding of our industry. In each episode, we'll share information, talk to interesting people, and maybe share a few stories along the way. Welcome to The Flow Line, a production of AES Drilling Fluids, brought to you by Matt Offenbacher and Justin Gautier. Welcome back to another episode of The Flow Line. Matt, today, I feel like it's a good day to talk about relaxed filtrate mud. What do you think? I think it's well worth it because it comes up often enough that we should talk about it. Right. So it, it's one of those where it's not a it's not a specific type of system. It's not anything fancy. It's simply talking about the filtrate of the mud, right? And I'll let you explain it. But to me, when I hear that, I think, okay, low fluid or high fluid loss. But it, there's more to it than that. Yeah. I mean, and I think this is sort of a blast from the past, right? This, you know, the reason you don't hear about it anymore is because people don't do it, at least in the classic fashion of how it was done. And and now sometimes you hear, oh, you know, we'll just, we'll relax the fluid loss, but that's not actually what a relaxed mud system is. So this is probably more of a history lesson and maybe a reason why you don't need to do this anymore, okay. but there are a few things you can take from it. And what was interesting to me is when I went to mud school, we actually mixed relaxed filtrate muds. We did the, you know, we got to see the fluid loss, you know, all the things that, you know, people seem to know about, but we didn't get into a lot of details on why, or it was just like, oh, it drills faster in some situations and never really understood why, and then never really used it again, but it came up not too long ago. And it was sort of interesting because there's actually like old patents from the sixties on this and stuff. So I read through a couple of those and, and, you know, just put together some thoughts that I think help paint the full picture, which was sort of, you kind of had to go to a number of different places to draw it all together. Sure. So conceptually, can you get into the details as to what it is and, and and why it works and kind of the mechanics behind it? Yeah. So, I mean, the idea is, it's, so relaxed filtrate muds in a lot of the literature actually call it a low colloid system as well, hmm. which I thought was, was kind of interesting. What is a colloid for those who oh, don't know? Oh, very good question. So colloidal solids are very fine, typically less than two microns. Okay. So teeny tiny the ones we really don't like that you can only get rid of through dilution. Right. right. And so when you say low colloid, would like filtrate reducers such as pack and starch and stuff, are those low colloid? They would be technically. I think some of the logic here, yeah. And, and I think that's some of the driver, the logic here. Okay. And, you know, the, the idea is actually that when you're drilling, and this was, think of old school PDC bits, at the time, water-based mud was still drilling faster than oil-based mud in a lot of applications. And they found that they were getting higher ROP with using these relaxed systems. And the idea was that, or the argument was that basically as you were drilling, you were immediately forming a filter cake ahead of the bit, mm -hmm. right? So you couldn't effectively move the chip away that you just freed up because you created the seal. And so you kind of had to grind it out of the way sure. as opposed to breaking it off free and clear. And so getting rid of the fine so solids or colloids would basically allow fluid to rapidly leak in where that chip had broken off and move it away from the bit so the bit could cut new rock. Gotcha. And so that was kind of the, you know, the the general premise, but the way to do that was, you know, conventional oil-based mud already has inherently low fluid loss, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's got those tiny droplets that, uh, water droplets, it's got, uh, you know, fluid loss additives, 
you know, all those things. And so the idea was, well, what if I run a less stable emulsion where I let the fluid loss be really, really high? I don't care as much if there's water in the filtrate. I actually want higher oil content so that I have more fluid that will shoot ahead. Mm-hmm. But you had to basically make a different style of mud system versus a conventional oil-based mud. Ah, interesting. Okay, so what are some of the characteristics of a, a relaxed filtrate mud or aka low colloid mud? So you're going to have definitely a, you know trend on a lower electrical stability because you're going to have water in the filtrate, right? You know, you make this thing up, and it, you know you're going to have really high fluid loss. You're not going to be so concerned about that. But it, you know, even the the way it's made up, you're not going to use a primary emulsifier. So it's going to be typically something that does more oil wetting than emulsification. These are the lime-free surfactants. I mm. think a lot of stuff I saw was more like imidazolines and that sort of thing. Your brine stays the same. You don't add any fluid loss control agent. And then you add a little bit of clay, but for some viscosity and that sort of thing. But uh, you might also use like a, satur- a, like a polyamide viscosifier, like a sac- sacrificial viscosifier, but you wouldn't use like a low-end rheology modifier, that, the kind of like dimer, trimer stuff, because that emulsifies. Okay. So you leave that out. So in many ways, it's sort of a very poor boy system, but mind you, you're going to leak off a lot of it into the formation, you know, but hopefully you also get that enhanced ROP. And the argument was the savings was in days, right? Which is the argument we've always made as, as mud people, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, you know, what can you do to drill faster and minimize days? That's where the cost savings is. So, I mean, with that, again, you know, naturally anyone who's been on a rig, who's experienced any bit of hold troubles, the immediate reaction is, oh, tighten the fluid loss or, you know, get the oil content up or, you know, some of the things that we're talking about kind of going the opposite direction. I mean, we do have to consider some of the risks associated with running a system like this. What are they? Well, it's every whole problem you'd imagine if you had high fluid loss and poor filter kit quality, right? Yeah. So if you're in an area where you've got a lot of overbalance, stuck pipe is very likely. If you think that you're going to have hole problems because you have some sort of chemically reactive formation, you're probably going to have hole problems. And so, you know, that's sort of the setback here where it's like, okay, there are probably some certain formations that this would have made sense for. Think about it. They were generally drilling a lot slower back then. And so you can kind of put all those things together and say, okay, I, I sort of see how you'd say there are certain areas where I can just drill really fast and I don't worry about the hole coming in on me. Mm. There are plenty of others where you wouldn't want to use a system like this. And an important thing to think about is when you want to run a relaxed formulation, you have to start with that. So you can't take a conventional and say, oh, we're drilling slow. Let's, ah, okay. let's let, you know, let the products deplete. Because you've already got that stuff in there. You've got the chemicals you don't want. You've got the inherent properties. And so it would be very hard to let those go. You know, conversely, if you were drilling with a relaxed formulation and you started having whole problems, you could mud up, if you will, if you had enough product on location, but it would probably be pretty expensive. Gotcha. So, I mean, it sounds pretty attractive. You know, you, you don't, you build a, I guess, somewhat relatively inexpensive system. You let the pro, you know, the properties go, you drill fast. I mean, why not use that more often now? I mean, it sounds like it's pretty, you know, something that could add a lot of benefit. I think, you know, the thing is, bits have just gotten so good that 
the some of these physics rules still hold true, right? Like getting fine solids out of the mud will help you drill faster. But we don't have the ROP issues with oil-based mud that we used to see. Mm. And so at that point, you start saying, okay, so I, I can get the ROP that I was getting with a water-based mud, which is sort of what was inspiring this. I can do all those things. But if that's not my limiter, then I want to go back and maybe I do actually want, you know, fluid loss and and that sort of thing. Because I'm probably not going to get that gain in ROP anymore now that, you know, the physics behind cutters and the, you know, the engineering has gotten so much better, reliability has improved. You'd say, okay, I'm not going to see as much of a benefit and therefore it's just not worth the risk. Right. And that makes sense. I mean, and I think a lot of times too, I mean, could we use relaxed systems? Maybe, but would the benefit outweigh the risk? Mm, I don't know. Probably not. Like you said, with technology and I mean, not only bits, you talk about like- Bit hydraulics even. I was just going to get into horsepower. that. Like yeah. all of those things are abs- orders of magnitude better than where they were. Right, right. Well, you know, although it's not something that we use, there's certainly some learnings that we can take away from- using it or, or at least some of the, some of the theory behind why it works. Um, you know, in summary, what have we learned by using these types of systems? I mean, I think it just emphasizes how much fine solids can hurt your ROP, right? Mm. And it happens, you know, right there instantaneously up at the front of the bit. Yeah. Those fine solids are, as you're circulating, immediately packing in as soon as those cutters enter the rock and clean mud drills faster. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's well worth considering, like, that's a factor. Solids in general are. We know we drill faster at lower mud weights. Sure. But we know fine solids can make it that much worse, which is why we want to keep them out of the system. Yes. No, we, we do. Uh, we put in a lot of effort to to reduce our colloidal solids, if you will. Man, it, it, very interesting topic. Something that, you know, again, I have had very few conversations on. I've never been on a rig with that, nor have I had a you know, kind of the right candidate. But if anyone else out there has or does run a relaxed filtrate mud system, I'd be curious to hear about it. Matt, any, anything else you'd like the listeners to know about before we close out? No. I mean, this was just one of those that goes back in time. Like I, I haven't run the system myself. You hear about it periodically. I hear about people relaxing the filtrate. Right. But it's worth recognizing that none of those things are actually what a classical relaxed filtrate mud system is. And there's a good reason for that. Sure. So, I'm glad I was able to do a little bit of research and, and put it all together and, and hopefully our listeners benefit too. Absolutely. Well, I know I did. That was a, a good little history lesson and uh, you know some good information to share. And so with that said, everyone out there, please, if you could review the podcast, share it. And if you're listening to it, it's as simple as you know hitting the three little dots or whatever platform you're listening on. I was referring to Spotify. But share it on LinkedIn or, you know, with some friends or Instagram. We just, we love the engagement and we really appreciate spreading the good word. And we really just want to make sure we continue to educate and inform people on some of these topics that, you know, often get discussed, but don't get put into a a platform or a library like we have here. So again, everyone listening, thanks so much. Be safe out there and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks for listening. Please tune in next week for another exciting episode of The Flow Line. And remember, may your returns always be full and your trips always smooth. Views expressed in this program belong to participants and not their employees. The program is for informational purposes only and cannot take the place of seeking professional advice. Copyright AES Drilling Fluids.